Anyway, we are starting a new series that I'm excited to share with you this evening. I want you to be here at Corporate Prayer this Tuesday. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in prayer. These cards right here, so many people submitted their cards and different things like that of things that they're believing for and things that they're believing God for on these cards. And I just want to lay them at the altar because as we preach this message, unbelievable miracles, I'm praying that God will do such unbelievable miracles upon these prayer requests that has been offered. And this coming Tuesday, we're just going to pray over these requests because many of them, we have so many things that are here and so many people are praying for different things. And I want them to know that we are with them in their prayers. And this is our prayers. And we're praying that by the end of this year, we will see these requests uh, become a reality. Amen. Uh, huh? 2020 is going to be is a great year already. And uh, I'm just so excited about it. Um, I don't have a scripture, a base scripture, but I want to uh, start a new series talking about unbelievable miracles. So last uh, Sunday, I told you the word of the Lord for this year and decade that this is the year of what? Unbelievable and unpredictable what? Possibilities. Amen. There were some people paying attention. So uh, I want to continue with talking about that this evening, um, but uh, this time around, we're just going to go straight to talking about unbelievable, uh, unbelievable miracles, and uh, this is just something that God put on my heart. I want to talk tonight about the origin, the origin of miracles, the origin of miracles, and I want to kind of, it is my job this evening to lay a doctrinal um, foundation of what we believe about miracles, right? And um, we hear this so much, but I just want to give you proper understanding of what it is, amen? So that we can have this in truth, all right? Because again, we're believing that last Sunday I talked about an unbelievable miracle that God will induce immediately. And that how before Israel travailed, it gave birth. In other words, before it experienced any pain, it brought forth uh, the baby. Amen? And so that's where I'm going to go to. And so also I want to clean up that also a part of that scripture has already happened and fulfilled when uh, Israel became a fortified nation already. That was part of the prophecy that was already fulfilled. But the total fulfillment of that prophecy will be when Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom. Amen? Just to clear that up. So let's talk about miracles. According to Easton's de definition of miracles, ladies and gentlemen, I want to look at two things. It says it right here. It says miracles is an event in the external world brought about by the immediate agency or the simple uh, volition of God. Volition, ladies and gentlemen, means choice, decision, right? Um, so one of the things that you have to understand about miracles, ladies and gentlemen, it is God's decision. His decision. His decision, all right? His decision uh, concerning um, uh, of intervening or not. Are you hearing me? 
All right, so let's continue on. It says, operating without the use of means of capable of being discerned by the senses and designed to authenticate the divine commission of a religious teacher and the truth of his message. Hear me, what does this mean in layman's terms? So what it's saying is means uh, use of capable of being discerned by the senses, that miracles go beyond our senses. Are you hearing me? That miracles, a true miracle goes beyond what our minds are able to comprehend. Are you hearing me? So miracles can happen through physical nature or it can happen it can happen through the use of physical nature of God, of God using nature to do it, or he could just go beyond the senses of what we can physically see and just intervene himself. And it's by his sovereign will and choice. That's very important because some people be like, I prayed for my loved one, they didn't get healed, but it's by God's sovereign will and choice if he decides to do a miracle in that way. In the sense of, if he decides to heal, he does heal them, but he does not heal them in the, in the sense of physically here and the present in the land of the living. But he gives them the total healing with being with him in heaven. Are you hearing me? So that's what we're looking at miracles for. So here, here it is. This is the definition. And so here's a second one. It is an occurrence at once above nature and above man. It shows uh, the tremendous, uh, oh, excuse me, what does that say? It says, that it says, it shows the intervention of a power that is not limited by the laws either of matter, of mind, a power interrupting the fixed laws which govern their movements, a supernatural power. So again, for a true miracle to happen, it has to be a supernatural power of God. And so when we talk about the origin of miracles, ladies and gentlemen, oftentimes people don't really believe in miracles because they can only see with their physical eyes or their physical sense of what they think or what they perceive. And so because of that, they don't necessarily believe that there is a superpower that, can, that transcends all human capability that can literally intervene at any given moment or time to interrupt your life at any given time and pour you and show you a miracle. Are you hearing me? And in this year, I believe that God wants to show his people great signs, miracles and wonders. And so when I think about it, it goes from Psalm 77 verse 14, it says, you are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. So again, the origin of a miracle has to first start with God. He is the one, ladies and gentlemen, who is the only one who can do true and genuine miracles. When we look at the word miracles in scripture, there's three words that refer to them, ladies and gentlemen, and that would be signs, wonder, and power. So when you see these three words, it's normally referring, ladies and gentlemen, to miracles. That's what they, they, they can be used, uh, uh, used in or out to talk about miracles. 
And then there's a couple things that I want to give you when we're talking about the origin of miracles, ladies and gentlemen, that the origin and source of all true slash genuine miracles is God. Let's go to Psalm 72, verse 18. Psalm 72, verse 18 says, praise the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone, say alone, alone. does such wonderful things. Praise his glorious name forever. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Listen to me. That God alone is the one who does miracles. God is the one alone who is the source, the origin, ladies and gentlemen, of all miracles. But here's the thing, that not only does God do miracles, but God would like to do miracles through you. Are you hearing me? Let me tell you something. You and I are no more than conduits, thank you, of the glory of God. Conduits, ones who God would like to work his work through. And so not only does God, uh, God do miracles, but he gives power to those who are willing and surrender to him that he will do miracles through. All right, let me back this up with scripture, ladies and gentlemen. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. I just want to lay a foundation, okay? And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Here's, oh my God, I can't jump in front. So God uses people that he can work through, that miracles and signs and wonders will work through your hands. And it takes a level of faith, ladies and gentlemen, to believe that. Why you don't see miracles happening in your everyday life? Because you think that only ones who can do miracles or God wants to work through is the one with the microphone. So what you do is, I'm coming to the pastor. God likes him more than me. So let me see if he can work a miracle for me. And then what we get caught up with is that when those who are allowing God to do miracles through them, when they get caught up in themselves, that is actually them performing the miracle and not God. It is not you who has the power to perform such wondrous acts. It is the God that is working through you that is giving that that is, is using you in a moment to get his work done. So God performs miraculous signs for his purposes in order that the glory will be reflected to him. Hallelujah. And that's what God does. He does it so that the glory of God could be reflected to him. Can I go a little further? All right. So can I let me ask you this question. Can the devil perform miracles? Can he? perform miracles the answer to that question is is that he cannot perform true and genuine miracles because he's a created being he does not have superpower here's the problem that we do in church we teach people that god that the devil excuse me is opposite of god he is not opposite nor is he equal the devil is like you and i he was created He's a fallen angel that once had beauty in him, and now he's ugly. (laughs) That's how some people start off. They come out beautiful, and then when pride comes, they just look ugly. (laughs) 
snake. <laughs> Hear me. So the devil cannot perform miracles. Let me tell you of an account that was made in Exodus. I believe it was Exodus chapter 6. In Exodus chapter 6, God tells, I believe, Moses to lay down his rod. Because he's going in front of Pharaoh to tell him, let my people go. God already told him that Pharaoh is not going to do that. His heart will be hardened. Watch this. So he tells him, lay down his, his rod. And so, he, so Pharaoh tells his sorcerers, magicians, and, and them to lay down theirs. So they lay down theirs, and then God tells Aaron to lay down his. Right? Their rod, they, their rod turns into a snake. Right? And so their rods turned into a snake. But here's the thing about God. God's rods, ate, God's snakes ate them up. <laughs> here's the thing. The devil can try to counter. He's a nothing more than a counterfeit. They're, they're false signs. They're false. They have no substance to it. It's not the real thing. Because if it was real, it could do what God's did. <laughs> Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. People tell me, oh, what is the difference between prophets and one, ladies and gentlemen, who is, uh, 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 who, who's a psychic? Uh, the psychic, ladies and gentlemen, what the devil does is what we call divination. It is a demonic force. There's things that God knows, and the devil does not have the intellect of God. So that while he may have some surface information, the prophet can go beyond surface level than what a psychic can. <laughs> so while a psychic can tell you a little something, because I'm not telling you they can't tell you nothing. I'm telling you they ain't going to tell you the real thing. Because here's the thing about a prophet. The prophet can tell you something that comes from God. And the psychic can wish doom on you all they want to or say various this thing. But God can change that thing in a moment. <laughs> Psychics don't have the power to do that. Psychics cannot tap, into the, cannot tap into the spiritual realm of where God is to begin to unpack things in front of you. Tell him, tell you its meaning. In a deeper and more concise way. When they talk about mediums, ladies and gentlemen, mediums are nothing more than divination. It is a spirit of divination. It's a demonic thing. Trying to bring somebody from the underworld and you're talking to them. You're not talking to the actual person. You're talking to a demon. A demon, ladies and gentlemen, that is a counterfeit. A demon talking to you in the impersonation of your so-called loved one. And if we're not careful, ladies and gentlemen, oftentimes in the African-American community, we sometimes say, oh, my mother came and talked to me. No, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> because if you're, if you're not careful, what will happen is, is that we'll begin to start understanding that that is, again, a false spirit. Because no one that is in heaven is coming down to talk to you. Why? Listen, if I die tomorrow, I am not coming back to this hell <laughs> to talk to you. I'm not coming back as no Casper that goes boogity boogity boo. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing that. 
Are you hearing me? I'm going to be in heaven enjoying myself. I'll wait for you to get there. <laughs> and we say that, oh, I had a, I'm not saying you don't dream of your loved ones or nothing like that, but I'm telling you, they ain't talking to you. Oh, they were literally sitting on the foot of my bed and just saying da-da-da-da-da, like you got to be careful of that. Are you hearing me? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Pastor Dom, the executive pastor here at Transformation Christian Fellowship, and we're asking you to connect your faith with ours as a church by participating in our Only Believe Capital Campaign. Your contribution to our campaign will allow us the opportunity to acquire space and relocate to the Silver Spring area. Currently here in the Clarksville, Maryland area, we have service here at five, but it's extremely limited. We can only have service at five. But your contribution to our campaign will allow us the opportunity to relocate to Silver Spring and start our service at an earlier time where more people will be able to come and experience our church and be a part of our Sunday worship experience. Giving to the campaign is really simple. Just go to your phone and text 77977 to TCF1. And under the tab fund, all you have to do is select the Only Believe Capital Campaign. Enter your amount and just click Give. It is that simple. Thank you for partnering with us and believing God for the impossible along with us as a church. And remember, transformation starts We want you to connect your faith with us as we embark on an ambitious capital campaign entitled Only Believe. Support us by playing a part in the next stage of our church's history. So, okay, let me give you Philippians 2, 8 and 9. Philippians 2, 8 verse 9 says, Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power, signs, and miracles. This is referring to the Antichrist. Are you hearing me? The Antichrist will come and he will perform counterfeit miracles so that people will believe that he is the true Messiah. All right, so here's the thing. Satan cannot perform miracles. They're counterfeits. Amen? Say he's a counterfeit. He's a counterfeit. Number two, let me give you this. Miracles display God's power, inspire wonder and gratitude. Psalm 145 verse 3 through 6 says, Verse 4 through 6, excuse me, says, Let each generation tell its children your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Verse 5, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wondrous miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Here's the thing. The miracles that God displays is to showcase his power. He does that in order that he may showcase that he is a true living God. And in terms of showcasing his power, ladies and gentlemen, he does that so it will inspire awe and a gratitude. That people will be left in a maze. Here's the thing, the reason why people get so caught up in, because God does, performs miracles because he knows that we, us as humans, are very visual. We need something to look at. We need proof. We're like Thomas. Tom is like, ah, 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 Tom is like, man, not until I see his holes thorn in the side, then I come over there. Jesus shows up out of nowhere. Bam, he's there. Tom is touch. See, Tom is like, okay, yeah, you the true God. <laughs> it, it's you, it's you. And God, and Jesus says something that's so profound to him. He tells to him, he says, he tells him, he says, Thomas, blessed are those 
who have not seen but yet believed. That here's the thing that you and I have to understand about faith. Faith is not seeing first and then believing. Faith is believing first and then seeing. Are you hearing me? Here's the thing that you have to understand about if you're going to see uh, miracles happen in your life. You have to believe that it can happen first before you see it. If you don't believe first before you see it, it won't happen. Because here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, many people in Jesus' day saw the many miracles that he performed and still did not believe. Are you hearing me? That's why then Jesus says, oh, faithless generation, how long must I be with you? Because we are living in a day now, in a faithless generation that believes that, that, that God is not the true God of the universe. That the God of the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, is not real. And that he is just as equal as anybody else. And if they're not seeing the many signs and miracles, and if they're not seeing the word of God to action, they're going to think it's all talk with no action. And here's the thing that you have to understand. In this decade, you are going to hear me watch this prophetically. When you see it, you're going to say, Pastor B said it first. Here's the thing. In this decade, you are going to try to see them mess with even more genes and artificial intelligence so it can, oh my God, disprove that God even created man. Because what they've been trying to do for years is to discredit the creation account. Oh my God, help me in here. So man has always, through generations, have always been trying to duplicate God, but they could never do it. Hallelujah. And they think with more technology because you don't understand it takes a mastermind to be able to wire man. And no matter what type of computer studies, whatever it is, no computer can put in the soul of a person what God has. Are you hearing me tonight? I just want you to understand that because here's the thing. You can't program it to act a certain type of way. Because who can teach it ethics? How do you understand moral behavior? How do you, you, you can't do that there. It takes a super, oh my God. It takes a mastermind to create such a thing. Are you hearing me? And so God does it to inspire gratitude so that people are thankful. Is it up? So that people are thankful for, for the things that he does. Can I go further? Yeah. All right. Let's see here. So I told you number two is to inspire acts. Let me give you verse three. Let me, not verse three, point three. Miracles act as signs that prove who God is and substantiate his message to the world. Substantiate his message to the world. Can I give you this? Miracles act as witness. It's a witness. It's a testimony to the word of God. Here's the thing. It is not that the miracle precedes the word. It is that the word, <laughs> the word comes before the miracle. Are you hearing me? I need a word first before I could see the miracle. Anytime that you've seen God do anything, God gave a word first and then performed it. Here's what we like to do in the prophetic. Here's what some prophetic people like to do. They don't give you no word. They just want to go straight and dump in the prophetic and tell you this, this, and this is going to happen. What word you got, sir? What word do you have, ma'am? 
Without the word of God, without this thing right here, ladies and gentlemen, and it being the launching pad of all things, you have nothing. How can you know what to look for if you don't have no word? Are you hearing me this evening? You have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that it is the word of God that precedes the miracle. Because the miracle acts as a witness to the word of which you receive. Are you hearing me? The word of God is what, oh my God, is what substantiates the miracle. <laughs> the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus performed great miracles and signs and wonders. Why? John, oh my God, help me in this room tonight. John chapter uh, 10, John chapter 10, verse 37 says, I do not work the works of my father. She says, if I do not work the works of my father, do not believe me. He said, do not believe me, but if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I in him, I and I in him. Okay, then let me take you further. John chapter four, verse 30, verse 31 says, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in his book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Why is John going through such John? Let me tell you something. The book of John, the gospel of John, takes its time to prove the deity of Jesus. Yeah. That the reason why you see many miracles in the book of John is so that you can see that Jesus is who he says he is. And that's why Jesus is not like any ordinary prophet as some religions would like to put him as. That did some great deeds. No, the deeds that Jesus did prove that he was God. How do I know this? Because in the same book, in oh my God, Jesus performed a resurrection that at that time had never been seen. Oh my God. Hey, help me in this room tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But let me even go before that. Before he raised up Lazarus, here's the biggest sign that Jesus is God. Jesus gave a word first. He said, lay my body down. Lay the, the, destroy this temple in three days and I'll raise it up. He then says that my, oh my God, he then likens his death and resurrection to when Jonah was swallowed up by the, oh my God, by a fish and say that he would be in there for three days and three nights and behold, oh my God, he will get back up again. Jesus gave a word and said before, oh my God, I even raised, let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm, then I'm going to show you what's going to happen. Oh my God, help me in this room this evening. That not only my God is a bad man, that he's able to call it before it happened. And then do the very thing that he called. And no other God can stand and say that they were able to die and then raise their own selves back up. 
So when you tell me why do I believe Christianity? Because all the other religions are fake and phony. They have no proof to back up who their God is. But Jesus has the proof. And the proof is the empty tomb. And that empty tomb is a miracle in itself. To let you know, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus is who he says he is. That he's the true and living God. That he's the son of God. That sits on the right hand of God. He is who he is. Hallelujah. It is a miracle. It's an unbelievable miracle. And that's why the Romans tried to kill us. That's why they tried to kill this gospel. That's why they tried through centuries to shut the mouths of the believers. Because here we have the ultimate sign that Jesus is who he says he is. Hallelujah. The origin of a miracle, ladies and gentlemen, starts with you understanding that God is the source of the miracle, that the word goes before the miracle, and the miracle comes as backup and substantiates the evidence. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, when you're in court, you cannot just have, if you're trying to prove somebody is guilty, you have to have witness, witnesses that give testimony. And you just can't need one. The Bible says, uh, uh, and it was really a law that God put that out of two or three witnesses, let such thing be established. And so there's witnesses that will give account to the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And there's not just the disciples who gave the account. The Bible says in the book of Acts that, that he was here for about a couple days after he then died. And he showed infallible proofs of his resurrection that they would know that Jesus actually got up. And not only did you have the actual disciples that wrote things about him, but you also had secular scholars who wrote things about Jesus and what was going on in Jerusalem. How there was a big fuss about this man Jesus who came and got up from where he was it was a mystery to them because they could not understand how in the world could this happen and this is how they went as far they put oh my god soldiers near the tomb to make sure that nobody would take the body out so you can't substantiate a claim that the disciples came and rolled away a big old stone to take Jesus body out you can't substantiate it by that because you would have to find the bones you we have to find where they laid them. But guess what? Show me where they laid them. And I see no I see no evidence that proves that Jesus' body was taken. I see no evidence that somebody tampered with the evidence. All I see is that it's not there. Uh, can I preach now? That's why Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for unto it is the power of salvation. How is this, oh my God, the power of salvation? How the gospel? Because hear me and hear me good. You can have the miracle of provision. You can have the miracle of the casting out of demons. You can have, ladies and gentlemen, the miracle of healing and the miracle of provision. But what makes the gospel so powerful than any other book that you can read? 
victory because through it performs miracles to save a jacked up life like you and I because unto it is the power of salvation no other book can save your soul no other book can redeem you from your loss and fallen state only the gospel and when you hear the gospel there's something that will you ever accept it or you will reject the evidence because all you see in scriptures are the evidence that this is a real God who did a real thing and can save real people like you and I shout hallelujah Hebrews chapter 2 verse 2 verse uh, two, 2 through 4 and I'm coming to a close it says for the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm yeah. and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished verse 3 says so what makes us dead think we can extate if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus Christ himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak and verse 4 says and God confirmed say God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose said and God confirmed God confirmed the message I here to tell you tonight that every God thing that God promised you in this year, you will see the confirmation of it. You will see the confirmation of the word of God. Everything that you've been seeing and praying for, you will see the confirmation of it. And how are you going to see the confirmation of it? Because the miracle is going to substantiate the word of God and show you once again that God is who he says he is say God is a promise keeping God he's a promise keeping God and he has not oh my God the Bible says that he watches over his word to see that it will accomplish the very thing it set out to do God ain't gonna give you a word and go back on it but he's gonna make sure that word is confirmed and how did he confirm the word to Abraham that he gave him Isaac how did he confirm the word that you threw Joseph when he said you'll be enslaved for some years but there's other deliverer coming how did he confirmed that word. He confirmed it through Moses going to tell his Pharaoh after 400 years of slavery and then they didn't come out of there empty handed but they left out with the gold, the jewelry, everything that they worked hard they came out with. How did God confirm that oh my God the seed of a woman will crush your head of serpent's hair. He confirmed it through Jesus and how I shot yes. All right, stand your feet. I gotta go. Hallelujah. Say the miracles are gonna be confirmed. They're gonna be confirmed. How do I know it's gonna be confirmed? Because God is bound to his word. Look at somebody say, God is bound to his word. No word will come in. Oh my God, no word will show a void. But it shall perform it. It shall accomplish it. You gotta trust God. People can trust in so many other things. But when you trust the living God, your heart will not be disappointed. Jesus. 
I came to preach faith into you this year. I came to say that you need to walk bold in this year. Yeah, you don't see it yet, but it's about to be confirmed. I'm just walking into the confirmation of what I already had and what I already knew. That God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm just walking in it. I'm just being I already believe it before I see it. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I heard the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. And I heard the Bible say, Oh my God, we don't walk by sight. Oh my God, but we walk by faith. The origin of a miracle. The origin is that it starts with God. And it's God's sovereign choice. And that his word is confirmed through miracles, signs, and wonders. And the Bible said, these signs shall follow them, all who believe. Hallelujah. And if you don't believe, you ain't going to have nothing following you. Because you don't believe that it can actually happen. That's why you don't see the supernatural happen in your life this evening. But if you can believe God, that he's a miracle working God. I guarantee you, they shall follow you. It shall be confirmed that God is who he says he is. Won't you lift your hands to heaven and just worship him right where you are? Because God is a covenant keeping God and he can do the unbelievable. He can say he can do the exceedingly and the abundantly above all you can ask or think. In the name of Jesus, he is Yahweh. He is the God who does great miracles in this evening.